Fear the talking queers. Now that we're all here, the party can begin. Trick or treat, bitch! Oh my god, are you ready for another spooky, jooky episode of Fear the Talking Queers? Oh yes, I want it all over my face. I'm gonna quiver under my bodice. (laughs) (laughs) Just to let everybody know about for the, the last like 30 minutes that Frank and I have been prepping for this, we've literally just been quoting Adam's family values to each other. <laughs> I know. Stop. We were like, okay, we have to stop this. This is getting re- out yeah. of control. <laughs> Let's like actually get into this movie. <laughs> yeah. We were like, stop. <laughs> Sit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Frankie. And I'm Jake. And we are... Fear the Talking Queers. Ooh, you can follow us on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. You can go to our website at www.fearthetalkingqueers.com. And if you enjoy listening to us, you can leave us an Apple Podcast review. Ooh. Right now we're doing giveaways for people who leave us podcast reviews on wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't have to be Apple Podcasts. One of our dear listeners, Derek Kelly from Ireland, he (laughs) wrote a review on Podchaser, so you can leave reviews there as well. Yeah, just let us know, because I'm not going to go out of my way to, like, look for all these different reviews, but, like, let us know. Yeah, just let us know. Exactly. We just want to know what you guys think and want to know how much you love and adore us. Yeah. We just want to know what you think, especially if you think we're great. (laughs) Yeah. Only if you think you're great. (laughs) Yeah. And no one made the cocktails from the giveaway that we did for Rocky Horror. So we're like, okay, maybe we'll just pick three lucky winners from the reviews to win our three the rest of our three giveaways for October. That's a good idea. So be on the lookout. Make sure you're sending in your reviews. That way you can get some free shit from us. Yeah. It's real cute. And you can represent your favorite podcast. Yes. And we're going to randomly pick the winners. As usual, we'll be spinning a wheel to see who wins. Yeah. <laughs> My God. They we they need to sponsor us too. Or maybe we should sponsor that wheel. Whatever. Yeah, they should put an ad on there with, like, our face. Yeah. Like, listen to Fear the Talking Queers. They always use this fucking app. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, we're going to forego the wheel spinning this week for our uh, treat. Um, because we know what we want to talk about. We want to talk about the most exciting thing that has happened to the horror community in a long time. Um which is the debut of the Scream 2022 trailer. Hello, Sydney. It's an honor. Oh my goodness. I mean, this was long awaited. We thought that they were going to screen it at the 25th anniversary screening that Fathom Events had in theaters. And we were Which so disappointed. they dis- did not. <laughs> it was so, no, it was so disappointing. You went first. You went on Sunday and you were like, no. I did. Yeah. I, the whole theater waited till the end of the credits. We're like, oh. maybe it's going to be at the end. Maybe it's, you know. Really? W- w- yeah. And then as soon as the credits were over, the lights went up and the whole audience went, what? Oh. I was like, 
a well, did you groan. did your audience have those facts in the beginning? Like, no, we oh, didn't have any when, slides. When we, are you kidding? When we walked in, no. there there were facts on the screen, like behind the scenes things about Scream, like See, playing I wish on we a slideshow. And then no. after that was over, there was a big banner that said "Scream Trailer Dropping Tuesday." Scan this barcode for. Um, to see the new poster. <clears throat> yeah, well, my local Cinemark movie theater um, did not do that. So, way to drop the ball, guys. Was really ready for it, and then uh, you let me down, and I wasted... No, I didn't waste my time, because seeing Scream on the big screen was amazing. It I, was the first time I've ever seen it. I, a lot of people's first time. Um, especially if you're like a you know, you became a fan later um than the theatrical release. So actually seeing it on the big screen was so fucking cool. Like I loved every second of it as if I was watching it for the first time. Like I was catching things. I was like forced to pay attention the entire time, you know, when you're in a movie theater, you know, you're there's no phone to distract you. Like I can watch this movie a million times, but you know, I'm definitely gonna, like check my phone, whatever. No, like I was like watching invested. the full movie. Yeah. Yes. And I was like noticing things like that you could probably only catch if you're watching it on the big screen. And um I don't know. It was just really special and well as soon as it gift. started and the Dimension Films logo came up. And you know how we use that opening the dun in our opening. When that started I was like the talking queers like oh my god yes <laughs> yeah Can you imagine we should have shown up on the screen <sighs> yeah hi welcome to the 25th anniversary screening of yes. scream 1996 <laughs> yes we are fear the talking queers and we are here to bring you your feature presentation <laughs> it's just our scream episode just playing clips it's clips yes. of the movie with our commentary over it <laughs> Yes, which uh, we know y'all love that episode because it is still our number one played episode, but it is hanging on for dear life because there's oh. one that's creeping up right behind it. Yeah, very close to take the top spot. We'll see it. Uh, we'll see if it does, and if it does, we'll uh, we'll announce which one that is. I have to just s- for fun. I have to say one of the main things that I really that really stood out in my screening were just because the people around me were also like giggling at were all of Tatum's lines. Tatum and Stu were like the stars of the show. Oh my god. And even Randy's lines, like they it was I was like, oh, this is really interesting because you know everybody's like, oh you know, Scream is also a comedy and of course Yeah. That's common knowledge. But like to sit in a movie theater where the audience is collectively laughing at all these jokes, I was like, oh my God, yeah, I guess this is like this is funny like it's also has a lot of comedic elements it really holds up and just seeing that drew barrymore opening on the big screen like that to me was like the highlight of the evening oh of course absolutely you know what i did notice though and (laughs) mostly from the man next to me but you know what he was doing the entire movie not the entire movie but at select moments jerking off Oh my god, no. (laughs) I was jerking him off. No, No, he was quoting scary movie. So like Oh, Andre was doing that. Like he would laugh (laughs) at moments that weren't funny, 
Because, right. And I knew what he was laughing at. Oh, absolutely. People, like, the guy next to me would, like, laugh at something. I was like, I know exactly what you're laughing at, motherfucker. Yes. You're laughing. Same. And, uh, there, was, there was one specific moment where he literally said out loud, oh, you know what it was? It was when um, Dewey comes out, you know, to check the phone after uh, Ghostface calls Sydney at his house. Not the vacuum. I said, don't disturb you. I'm cleaning my room. Literally said that next to me. I was like, oh my God. God, that's so stupid. Scary Uh, scary movie has ruined so many movies for people. (laughs) Honestly. No, Andre's big thing is always when Drew Barrymore is, when she first answers the phone, he's like, oops, I farted. I didn't think you'd hear me. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. But um, yes. So uh, I saw it on Monday and the very next day, hours after I got done here comes the scream 2022 trailer yeah and there it was and it, i will say it wasn't the first time we had seen it <laughs> no we watched it in spanish i watched it in spanish about four yeah. times <laughs> recorded from someone's phone on the big screen <laughs> i was I like know. okay but I, know, I was like really trying hard to hold out not to support that whatever but then you know curiosity man it really gets to you it does but you know what it was not a disappointing trailer it looks very exciting however i think that people are going to be disappointed when they watch the movie and realize that almost none of that shit's in it i know (laughs) that's kind of exciting um what we have learned from you know published sources where the the creative team has literally said you know what we are very aware of the whodunit aspect of these films and part of the fun is that people you know analyze all the promotional material and the marketing to find out spoilers and figure out who the killer is and so they with that in mind they put together these you know promotions and these trailers knowing that they're fully misdirecting people and that and we've also heard that like they've potentially filmed scenes for the trailer that are not going to be in the movie. <laughs> yes, and I feel like you can tell which ones they are. Well, first of all, I have to say Jenna Ortega is serving up a performance in this opening. She's crying, she's heaving, she's breathing hard, and she is struggling for her life. And I think she's doing a great job. However, I yeah. think some of those shots are not going to be in the movie. Yeah, they they must not be. I mean, first of all, she's like second build, right? Like, she's like... Not that she's like a humongous star, but she's like a rising little star, right? Especially in the in the uh, scream queen category, right? E- exactly. And so for them to like just completely like spoil her death, like there's something yeah. that isn't fully like they're not telling us something about this moment. And then a lot of trailer breakdowns, like on YouTube, are like this person in this wheelchair that they show later on is obviously Jenna Ortega, especially because you know you can see a cast on the leg and. It makes sense. Right. Then they show Ghostface smashing her leg. But then they're saying, like, even like if you don't see the characters speaking some of the lines that are being heard, then there's probably not being said. They're saying that a lot of lines are dubbed in the trailer. That the screen that she's texting, they're like, if you look, her fingers aren't actually touching any letters because they're not showing an actual conversation that's going to be played out in the movie. Oh, the one was like, it's Amber, (laughs) or it's not Amber. This isn't Amber. Yeah. They're doing a lot of stuff. So, I mean... And, Which and is great. Also, a lot of this... I mean, I, I also hope... Oh, sorry. I was just saying, I, I hope just this Jenna Ortega opening is a little more intricate than it seems in this trailer. There were a lot of cuts. So, my 
thought is that it's much longer in the movie. Yeah. I'm really hoping so because I'm like, this does not take place in, in the kitchen in the hallway, right? That's it. But also we're like, all of our main characters are coming face to face with Ghostface. Mm. Yeah. I mean, don't they usually? That's a, I guess they usually point. do. Then they also reveal this thing that the first three attacks, not kills, yeah, they, attacks. Yes, the verbiage. The, the verbiage, verbiage attacks. I was like, are they not being killed? Are they just being attacked? Um, who's left alive? You know, we don't, we don't see a lot of Kyle Gallner no, in the trailer. Briefly, briefly. And they say that the attacks are on people related to the original killers. And Kyle Gallner is looking very Billy Loomis in this trailer. Yeah, he got the long, kind of greasy hair. He definitely looks like that, like, bad boy vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. So I can see them, like, connecting him to Billy. Yeah, totally. I can totally see that. But then I'm like, who is Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera's characters related to? Yeah, who's the Carpenter family related to? I also think that a lot of those Stu Mocker interior shots in the the Mocker house, I think a lot of those were made up, too. Like, Sydney's just, like pointing a gun to midair like throughout the entire trailer there's even one yeah. scene where she's like boom like she's like raising the gun quickly and gail's just standing there like she's like does like almost like courtney cox didn't think she was in the shot i'm like uh, okay so i think that some of these a lot of these are added i think a lot of that jenna ortega stuff was added so i don't think that it's up to us to like dissect and like really you know, try right. to figure it out at this point. And I honestly don't think we're going to get many more reveals about what this movie's about other than this trailer. It's so it's coming out so close to the release date that I don't think we're going to get much more than this. Right. What do you hope they do with it? What do you what like? Because they have to in some way just flip this thing on its motherfucking head and blow our minds. Like they have to at this point. This is Scream 5. At this point, we know the formula. We have this, you know, the lackluster TV series where that also follows this like, you know, formula. So it's like they I think they are aware that they they're switching it up. So what do you hope happens? Okay, I kind of hope that they take it in a new direction to something right. completely almost unrecognizable. Like, yeah. I, I, I know Ghostface is going to be in it. We know that the costume is there, the voice, the setup, the the characters. So I think that's... Is that a, Roger Jackson? Yes, it is. But he, he sounds, sounds much different. different. He does. Yeah. Um, so I do kind of... I, I think all the elements are there. But I, I, I'm like... Sure, but now it's not referencing horror movies anymore. It's only reference referencing itself. It seems like so, mm. and the sto- the events that actually have taken place in the Scream universe, rather than reaching right. outward and being like, "Oh my god, th- this is just like this movie," or "This this is how the movies are formatted." Now it's like, "This is what happened in Scream One. <laughs> this is what happened in Scream yeah. Two. So, I don't know. I'm hoping for more so- scenes from Stab. <laughs> uh, you think they're going to be stab scenes in here? <laughs> Heather Graham had to sign off on her um, use of the footage from Stab. For the How much five. do you think they filmed? They didn't film anything. I think that it was just she had to sign off on like what she what was already filmed. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, but, but I mean, how much more could no, they? No, they're not going to show anything new. I, I don't think. Right. I'm just hoping to see that it's referenced in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it but probably will. I also, I know that, that a lot of the backstory for these characters have come out. Like, they're all 
related and stuff like that. So I think that there's going to be a lot more happening within the story that's not so referential. I think they're really going to close it in on this is what's happening in Woodsboro with these characters and how they relate to the legacy of this universe. And I'm ready for that because I think that the they, sitting around dissecting horror movies, like how many teenagers are actually going to do that? I think that's right. done. I think we're done with that. So, right. Yeah. Which one of the theories do you think is like the best? Not maybe not going to happen, but ones that, or which ones you like and don't like? Um, I know you, you love, a, you love a theory. Oh, I love, I, I'll, I'll literally sit there and watch, I'll read screen five spoilers before I even watch the movie. Um, <laughs> I, I think the theories that I'm liking the most right now is that the killer is revealed from the beginning. Yeah, like, that's okay, one that I, that's a I'm new like, one. That would be a that would be a total and like, not even like the killer. They're saying that there's like a ringleader or some some side, sort of overseer who's not necessarily killing but maybe helping the killers move around. And so oh God, and people are thinking that's Stu, right? Some people are saying it's Stu and some people are saying it's Deputy Judy Hicks. Your lemon squares taste like ass. Oh so, my god, I mean, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Also, there's a speculation that it's going to be the same format in a way where we don't get the reveal until the end, but we won't get the total reveal. We'll only get half of the reveal. You know, we usually have only two killers. Mm. Um, so they've said that, that they might catch one, and one might get away. I'm like, ooh, interesting. Oh, shit. I know, there's so many different directions they can take this, and I want them to embrace it. Ooh, yes. what if it is Judy Hicks? I don't know. I'm about that. But I love that they have like Randy's niece and nephew as a part of this and Martha Meeks is potentially yeah. back and there's a lot of bloodline stuff yeah. going on in this. And and there and the character that um what's his face plays is named Wes Hicks. So there's oh, a relation. He's Judy's son and they're saying who's the oh, dad? Is he? She's a son? Where did that Wes come from? Wes Hicks. His name is Wes Hicks and yeah, I don't know. They didn't reference her having a son in Scream 4. She kind of seemed like a lonely single lady, but um, yeah. <laughs> making lemon crush on squares. Sydney. <laughs> Sydney and, and Dewey. Um, yeah, literally. But yeah, I, who knows? Who the, the, but then they were saying like, they're like, what if like one of the Stu or Billy was like this kid's dad? I'm like, okay, the kid is like 17. Oh my God. Uh, stop. Literally. Like, stop. Give me a break. This, that movie's 25. 25 years old. I'm so looking forward to this. Either way, even if this trailer is totally misleading and none of this happens, I don't care. It's Scream. I want it. I know. I'm just excited to see the characters. I'm excited to see them back. You know, we got Nev, Courtney, David, Marley, like returning people. And then we got, uh, you know, I I like the new cast so far. I mean, I love yes. Melissa Pereira. I, I love mean, her. Gorgeous, talented, Go- stunning. Oh, absolutely. She's a star in the making. And I love that she's our supposed. Everyone's final calling her the girl. new Sydney. I love it. I love it. We love some Latina rep. Yes. Love that. Yeah, this cast is so diverse. I'm so happy with the casting. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that concludes this episode just kidding <laughs> yeah <laughs> be on the lookout for scream coming to theaters january 14th 2022 ding all right so let's get into our movie this week we are going full halloween this week not halloween but we are doing the 
cult classic, I would say. It's good. It has yeah, it's, I, I think it's becoming that every year. Oh. Every year that passes and people discover this movie, it's getting more and more of that cult classic. For sure. Status. So this is uh, Michael Doherty's 2009 Trick or Treat. Ooh. Which is a treat. Yes, which is quite the treat. And before we get started, we need to spin our trick wheel and see what is going on. We already skipped the treat right. wheel, so let's do the trick wheel. Oh yeah, we gotta do that at least. Here we go. Oh my wow. god. Oh my god. I have to read the entire synopsis. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right, hope you have some water. You need to lubricate. I have a beer and pure talent. So I can ah. totally do this. I'm ready. I love it. Bring on the challenge. I love it. Take Yeah, absolutely. Take it away. Okay, let's get started. Let's just jump into it. This is Trick or Treat. Happy Halloween. Screw you! Trick or Treat. First screened in 2007 and released straight to DVD in 2009. <laughs> what a crime. What a crime. We'll get into it. Written and directed by Michael Doherty. Opening. Our movie begins in Warren Valley, Ohio. We meet Emma, played by Leslie Bibb, dressed as a robot alongside her husband, Henry, played by Tomo Peniket, dressed as Flash Gordon. In silver underwear. <laughs> They return home after engaging in the town's Halloween festivities. Their front lawn is decorated with numerous scarecrow-styled ghosts, lit pumpkins, and body parts strung up on the trees. Emma takes a jack-o'-lantern to blow- oh wait. Oh! To blow who? Oh, who's she blowing? (laughs) A guy named Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Emma takes a jack-o'-lantern to blow out its candle, but Henry, a true fan of the holiday, says that it's against tradition. Emma asserts that she wants all the decorations gone before her mother visits the next morning and blows out the candle. Henry promises to remove everything early the next morning as he wants some alone time with Emma. While he goes in to put on a porn tape. <laughs> the, not the nature special girl. <laughs> oh my god, I was like, what kind of 80s ass porn are they watching? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Emma starts to take down some of the decorations, uttering the unforgivable, I hate Halloween. <gasps> bitch. This bitch has what's coming to her. Literally <laughs> kill her. As she removes the sheets off one of the ghost crows, something lunges at her covering her in the sheet. In the ensuing struggle, Emma tumbles onto the sidewalk, stopping some passing trick-or-treaters. Under the sheets, the figure takes a pumpkin-shaped lollipop, bitten into a sharp weapon, and slits Emma's throat. Her blood stains through the sheets, causing the passing trick-or-treaters to run away. The hidden assailant drags Emma's body back to the yard as Henry lies upstairs, passed out. Sometime later, he notices Emma has not come up and goes down to the yard where he notices new body part decorations hanging from the trees. He then sees one of the ghost crows now has lights under it. He removes the sheet and screams at the sight of Emma's disembodied head on a stake, the lollipop weapon now lodged in her mouth. Did you say steak? (laughs) Did somebody say steak? 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) Real quick, real quick, before we get into it, we have a special guest we have not announced yet for this episode. So everybody put your hands together for Sam. (gasps) Yay, (laughs) Sam. Oh my God. Yes. That's so cute. I know. This is actually um, my plush doll version of Sam that I'm holding in my arms and I hold him in my arms every night when I go to bed. So um, I thought it was appropriate that he joined us for this episode today. Um, Strong, silent type. He probably won't contribute much, but um, he's happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Sam. How was it filming the movie? Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thank you for the insight. Uh, He's hilarious. Anyway. So, <laughs> so this movie was originally supposed to come out at Halloween of 2007, and Warner Brothers pulled it for some mysterious reason. Yeah, it seems like the production isn't even fully sure why. Um, a lot of it seems to be pointed at the Saw franchise, because Ew. for some reason, we were out of our goddamn minds in the late 2000s and loved the Saw movies. Sorry if you're a big fan, but give me a break. And so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's safe to say that we will never be covering anything of the Saw franchise here on Fear the Talking Boyers. Yeah, it's a no for me. Go to Um, hell, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's like, yeah, for some reason, those were the money-making horror movies of the time. Torture porn was in full swing, and Saw 4 was on the verge of coming out which scared the production or scared the you know the distributors and we're like "Mm, maybe we don't want to compete my question is how did they not know that because at that point there was literally a saw movie coming out in theaters every october yeah i know exactly so they should have known that from the jump and they could have prepared but instead they got cold feet and decided that Releasing this in theaters wasn't the way, and so they released it directly to DVD. And the only thing we had... Two years later. Yes. Two years later, mind you. And in that two-year time frame, all we had was a trailer for a movie that didn't exist floating around on the internet. I remember. I remember this, and I was like, what is this? Like, why can I find this movie? Where is it? Oh, I know. It's at Walmart in the bin. In 2009. (laughs) Exactly. And and I was like particularly excited about it because this was in the peak of True Blood. And so Anna Paquin was the rage at the moment. And so I was like, oh my God, more Anna Paquin. Um, So I was like ready for this movie. I was like, oh great, I'm into it. And then it wasn't coming out. (laughs) Well, at least we finally got it. And I don't think that it disappoints at all. Uh, One of the great things that this movie starts off with aside from this opening is this little like retro safety video of how to trick-or-treat safely and the rules of this video are always stay on the sidewalks a given right always stay on the sidewalks of course Unless, like, there are hella people, then you go around into the street. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Unless you gotta pee, then you just go right behind a pickup truck and just piss. I don't know how... (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just hover over the gutter. Um, Ah. I also... I don't know how much I agree with this second rule, which is never approach a stranger's house. Isn't that the point? Oh. Isn't that what you do on Halloween? Like, how do you not approach their house? Yeah, I don't know thy neighbors. Please. 
Yeah, um, please. <laughs> and also the last one is never go out alone. What loser goes out alone on Halloween? Yeah, I know. I mean, do they mean like without your parents? Like if you're like a little child? <laughs> Maybe. That must be it. That, that must, be, must it. be it. Yeah. I know. So this opening is um, with Emma and uh, Henry dressed as <laughs> in these awful costumes. But <laughs> <laughs> I love her little robot costume. You it's do? so makeshift. It's, it's so, so makeshift. Cute. It's cute, but it's not practical. Oh, not at all. How does she even do anything? She and give if anybody she, a hug. If she hates Halloween so much, you really think she was going to wear that big ass thing? I know. That is true. He must have made it for her and made her wear it. And what did they do? Because throughout the movie, when we see little clips of Emma and and Henry, because obviously all of these movies are intertwined throughout the entire movie, you see characters from the other little stories happening around Warren Valley playing out. So we see them a lot and they look, she looks miserable, but yeah, she well look what she's wearing, to be honest. Like, like you said, not practical. So she's probably uncomfortable and she's just like walking <laughs> in the parade I'm sure she's just doing it to appease him because obviously he's a Halloween lover. Yeah. And she is a hating ass bitch. She is a hating ass bitch. I do think that it's really interesting that the opening kill of this movie is actually the last kill in the movie's timeline. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, this non-linear timeline that we have is really fun um, because throughout the movie, you're constantly seeing scenes that you kind of saw from a different perspective um, earlier in the film. And it makes it really fun and like interactive. And it also makes it really fun watching the movie again. I think it mm-hmm. gives it a lot of like repeat viewing value because you can go back and be like, Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So this is that part that was happening, but you see it later. You oh, know? Yeah. Every time I watch this, I discover something new. Like there's this oh, yeah. little scene that happens Oh, I guess it happens next, but I, either way, we're not doing the synopsis in a linear, like, in a sequence. How the movie, t- how yeah. the movie tells it. We're going to break it up by story, just for our brains. Yeah. They're little. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this little shot of, like, this kid. I'm assuming that it's Sam. Right, Sam? That's you, right? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, and he's, yeah, he's yeah. dragging his bag down the street and there the camera pans up and we see as they're walking down the street all the characters that we're going to be soon introduced to. And I'm like, I never noticed that before. Yeah, yeah, very clever. And he's and the thing is about Sam is that he's the one that sort of ties them all together because he's appears in every single one at he, some point. He is making sure that everybody is following the rules of Halloween. Exactly. And so, yeah, which is the the concept of this film, right? The concept of this film, and we kind of established it with like a cutesy version, the nice 1950 safety video version of the rules of Halloween. But um, this movie as a whole takes that to another level and um, is about like the rules and the consequences of not following the rules of Halloween and keeping the tradition alive. I know everybody would be dead now. There are so there's such a lack of celebration for Halloween. I think this movie more than ever is extremely important to watch in this season. I know exactly it because it is so specifically about celebrating Halloween, like mm. really embracing it, making sure you're out there wearing costumes or celebrating, just keeping it alive. And yeah, and there's just like it just. There's none of there's less of that now than I feel like yeah. there used to be. And that's totally. such a bummer. 
It's a bummer. I hate that. Well, the kids nowadays are just full of anxiety and they're just glued to their electronics. Literally. I'm like, put the fucking iPad down. Put on a goddamn fucking (laughs) Elsa costume. I don't give a shit what you wear. Just go out there and ring some doorbells and you motherfuckers at home better be giving out candy. Right. Come on. Right. Come on. That part. Exactly. Just sit there with your with your you know porch light off because you don't want to be bothered with kids. Like, come on. Like, this is an experience that you experience as a kid. Yeah. Like, let's let let's let these new kids enjoy it, and then we you can they can grow up and you know possibly have a you know weird horror fascination or something like we did. <laughs> yeah. Halloween is extremely important to the development of a child's mind. Um, One of the themes that plays out through this movie, which I think is very prominent in this opening, is John Carpenter's influence uh, and inspiration on Michael Doherty. I think even Stephen King a little bit, because this is also very creep show. Um, and it's mm, yeah, opening yeah. credits, like this the comic book thing, the comic like... book, the multiple stories um, that are being told throughout. But this first influence I see is the POV through Sam's mask, yeah. um, which obviously is a callback to Halloween 1978, putting putting the the camera and or putting the audience in the killer's POV, right? Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so I, I definitely like. Yeah, and then like even just the vibe of, you know, what is what is it called? West something? Warren Valley. Ohio. Warren Valley. Warren Valley. Very Haddonfield. You know, very it small does town. Feel that way. Or you, you know, suburban town. Um, and I think that yeah, even just this sort of setting is a callback to Halloween. And yeah, you know, there's definitely a lot of that. I feel like I, I wrote down more. I don't remember what parts it is but i know they'll come up in my notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and then this opening of course with emma getting murdered i love this because it's almost cartoonish in its approach like it's surreal yeah. um and it's elevated it's a heightened version of reality but yeah the horror elements are really good they're dark they're, they're right creepy. exactly i love it i love that stylized approach i mean like uh, it's almost like what we hope Krampus was going to be because you know this is the same creators writers Michael Doherty did Krampus but Krampus is like the PG-13 version of this whereas like Trick or Treat had the ability to like go all the way and so like they don't shy away from the gore the killing um, you know and this opening scene shows you that right away because Miss uh, Miss whatever her name is does not Miss make Emma. it very far yeah Miss Emma she under that sheet she gets it in the neck and it just splatter movie killed splatter uh, movie killed great. ripped open yeah. from end to end her her yep. head comes off and I love the uh, the <laughs> way in which Sam you're so creative on your kills I have to say uh, yes, I, I yes. you agree. Yes, take your bow. Uh, yeah, take yeah. your bow. Let the audience <laughs> applaud. Applaud. Um, <laughs> yes, because this blood splattering on the sheet, and then she ends up becoming a Halloween decoration, something she's so despised. <laughs> now she is one, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that. And he, so, Sam, you kept people accountable through this night. Um, and you really showed her. I'm sure she'll never second guess. <laughs> she'll never take down those decorations early ever again. No. He said, oh, you want to take down the decorations early? But I'm going to turn you into a motherfucking decoration. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I do love that he was like, I- I'm still going to put up. He's like, I'm going to redecorate. He put all those sheets back up on those oh. things. Yes. Uh, you are 
your an innovator to detail and yeah. the weapon bitch this uh, big ass sharp lollipop so, so good cute. So good. So it's so cute. Even when I see the prop at Spirit Halloween, I'm like, what an amazing prop. Like this big yeah. shiny orange lollipop just cut into a knife. Like, yes. Yeah, it's per- it has that like sort of like teeth, like like it's been bitten into. And, you know, hard candy is very sharp, almost glass-like, you know. And so, uh, of course, perfect weapon of choice, my friend. Uh, we applaud you. And he's holding it right now. I know you guys yes. can't see him, but... Oh, it's lovely. It looks even better in plush, honestly. Yes. It's actually not orange flavor. It's actually um, guava. No. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually candy corn flavored. One of Jake's favorite flavors. Oh, my God. There have been so many people lately saying, who eats candy corn? I go, Jake. (laughs) Oh, my God. Candy corn haters can kiss my fat ass. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we move on? Yeah. Story one, the principal. Also, by the way, I didn't know that these stories were named, but universally, this is what they're known as. See, maybe this is it, this movie requires re- research. It does. You know, it's uh, it's an interactive experience. It's almost like know, a book. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, I lo- like a comic book. <gasps> Stop. Yes, that's <laughs> it. We figured it out. The mystery is solved. Sam, don't be shaking your head at us. <laughs> I know. Sam, okay, now he, he needs to go to bed. <laughs> okay, Sam, you ready for story one? The principal. A husky boy named Charlie, played by Bad Santa's Brett Kelly. <laughs> oh my God, I know. I was like, wait a minute. I thought this was the kid from Krampus, but it's not. I think we d- we talked about that on our Krampus yeah, Unless episode. he got younger. I need I to know, find out his aging, secret. He's just chugging from Aldehyde. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's walking through the neighborhood, knocking over jack-o'-lanterns. He stops at one house and walks up to the porch where it appears no one is home. A bucket full of candy is set out with a sign saying, please take one. Don't ever leave a bucket of candy on your porch talking about, please take one. If you're not home, don't pass out candy. That's it. Oh my God. Exactly. Or don't, well, don't, don't leave it out on the doorstep expecting us. No, kid's only going to take one. But also look at this dead ass street. There's literally nobody else around. Like at that point, I'll be like, okay, I'll take it all. There's nobody who's going to take it anyway. So I don't think he uh, was in the wrong here. <laughs> oh, no, I've done this. You're okay. Well, I can forgive him. Not I'm you. All, this is a nice bowl. <laughs> oh, my God. You take the bowl. Yeah. It's all an heirloom. Leave the candy. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's being 30 for you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. this bowl. Wow. My popcorn would look amazing in this bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie begins to put the entire contents of the bucket in his bag when someone startles him from behind. Charlie recognizes the man as Principal Stephen Wilkins, played by Dylan Baker. Wilkins sits down on his porch, inviting Charlie to sit and talk with him as he offers him a chocolate bar. Wilkins explains rules of etiquette and how to properly respect Halloween. When Charlie begins to cough, Wilkins explains the most important rule of Halloween. Always check your candy. Bitch, I'm so serious about this rule. Like, if there is not air in my candy, I'm not eating it. Oh, yeah. Ew. Don't do that. 
I, I you can tell I too believe- when the packages are like sucked down to the candy. I'm like, someone poisoned this. Period. What? Have you had a lot of poisoned candy in your bags? No, but I have a lot of candy I don't trust in my bag. (laughs) 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 Or I hate when you open the candy, a chocolate bar, and it's like dusty white. Like, meaning it's old. Oh, my God. I'm like, what bitch put this old-ass candy in my bag? Oh, my God. How old is this Three Musketeers? (laughs) Has it been there since they were around? And then you're (laughs) home. Yum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Charlie violently vomits blood and chocolate, then passes out, dead. Wilkins drags Charlie into the house, blood and chocolate oozing onto his shirt. Just then, his doorbell rings. Struggling with the body, he answers and sees three teenagers who ask if they can take his jack-o'-lantern for a scavenger hunt. He agrees and gives them candy. As they turn to walk away, another small boy steps forward wearing orange-footed pajamas and a burlap hood with buttons for eyes and stitching for a mouth. Sam, what a cute costume. Your costume is so cute. I can't even deal. I cannot. The footed pajamas. Where did you get it? Wow. Uh, a secret that can never be shared. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll come to know this boy in the movie as Sam, played by Quinn Lord. Wilkins then dumps Charlie's body in a large hole dug in his backyard, where another child's body already lies. From a second-story window, his small son, Billy, played by Connor Christopher Levins, appears and shouts down to him repeatedly, asking for help on his jack-o'-lantern and if they'll hand out candy. Wilkins, frustrated, tells him each time to be quiet and wait for him inside. Meanwhile, the neighbor's dog, Zip, approaches the fence and starts barking as the first child in the grave begins to moan, reaching out from under dirty sheets with a clown-costumed arm. Wilkins stabs the boy's arm with his shovel and severs one of his fingers, throwing it over the fence and distracting the dog. However, its disheveled owner, Mr. Krieg, played by John Carpenter. Oh, wait, no. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Played by Brian Cox, comes into the yard and peeks through. uh, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He comes into the yard and peeks through a hole in the fence. Uh Uh-oh, Cox in the hole in the fence? This is coming. Oh, my God. This is revving up. Not Miss Brian Cox, our cat. Okay. He peeks through the hole in the fence to speak to Wilkins, still struggling with the clown child. Wilkins passes off his activity and the smell as a septic tank leak, and Mr. Cree goes back into the house, shouting back to Williams to get his kid out of his yard. Wilkins finishes the clown child off with a blow from his shovel and completes burying the bodies. As he walks back into the house, he notices a frantic Krieg motioning to him from his window across the way. Bitter Wilkins ignores him and goes into the house as Krieg is tackled by something. In the kitchen, Billy jumps out from behind a counter, scaring Wilkins and asking for help on his jack-o'-lantern, especially with the eyes. Seemingly annoyed, Wilkins takes a butcher knife from the knife block and follows Billy to the basement. Billy runs to a table covered in carving materials and Wilkins approaches behind him. Billy says, let's make a scary face this time. As Wilkins puts his hand on Billy's head and brings the knife down, blood glistening on the blade as he draws it back. But Billy smiles and says, don't forget to help me with the eyes. 
as they look together at the severed head of Charlie on a wooden turntable. Ah! Yeah, oh my God. (laughs) So I think we've all had this experience of trick-or-treating. I love this story. What experience? Getting murdered? Eating bad candy? (laughs) No, just being Charlie and going house to house, being a oh glutton. yeah, duh, just absolutely. Uh, you're you're look at you. I'm look doing candy, it right now. Candy right now. <laughs> I am. I was so inspired by this. I was like, we said the word candy probably so many times. I'm like, oh my god, I need some. I know. I bust out <laughs> the uh, chewy sweet tarts. So yes, I love how you were like with what. <laughs> <laughs> a mouthful of candy. I'm like, with exactly what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, as we already talked about, the please take one. Like, no one's ever going to do that. But yeah. then we have this... Warren Valley, Ohio, just has an all the utmost respect for Halloween. And Principal Wilkins is explaining that it's a time for us to really, you know, settle down and remember the dead. This is a night Literally. for them. Yeah, I think Warren Valley has their shit together, and I'm ready to move there to this fictional town because the people there seem to know a lot about it. They party like it's, you know, fucking the biggest day of the year, which it is. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of respect. I mean, even down to the kids, like, we'll talk about it later, but even they know the legends of Halloween in, you know, mm-hmm. in this town. So. Um, this is the town I wish I was trick-or-treating in as a kid. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I don't know that I would want to be roaming the same streets that Charlie is walking because he's oh, no, no, no. fucking kid is taking all the fucking candy like a glutton. But yes, I love Warren Valley and I love how big their fucking chocolate bars are that they're handing out. Seriously, they're like king size no matter what. I was like, all right, work. I can deal with that. Yes. So, okay. Is it just me? I guess we'll get more about Wilkins, but he's kind of a kitchen sink character, is he not? I mean, I don't under. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's crazy because he's like, he's a murderer and he's also, spoiler, a vampire on the <laughs> side. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. He's not my favorite of the characters in the, in the movie. He, mine either. Like, I do kind of wish that that vampire character was somebody was different. completely different. Like, I don't think it needed to be Mr. Wilkins, but... I know. Because he it's like he's doing so much. Like, earlier we see him waiting in line for something to buy a pumpkin, I guess. He's carving a pumpkin. Then he buries kids after he kills them. He poisoned candy. He's yelling at his son. He, yeah. It's like he's, there's so he's much He's turning his on. kid into a murderer. He's also a vampire He's all who actually kills women and sucks their blood and leaves them on the side of the road. Um... Yeah, so he, yeah, and he, he's a principal. There's a lot going on. Like, there's and so he's the principal. He's so ridiculous and over the top. And I just kind of wish they maybe divided up some of those ideas amongst other characters or just made them different. Yeah. But, but I, but I guess Michael Doherty's an actual like big fan of him because he likes how like sweet he comes off, but it can also be really creepy. <laughs> I think so. he's creepy altogether, even when he's being sweet. Oh my god, exactly. Yes. <laughs> What else we, is he in? I feel like I've I know him a lot, but I'm like, what do I know him from? I don't know. Random teachers and like random TV movies. I don't. <laughs> I've never yeah, seen him before. Exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so Wilkins has no problem killing kids. So he's yes. already. This is dark, dark, dark. Yeah, um, I think we mentioned this. We've mentioned this in previous episodes. Um, that 
it, I th- I find it very exciting when kids are not safe in horror movies. Yeah, of because course. it pre- presents a new a new elevated sense of danger. Yeah, exactly. Especially like in a Halloween movie, I think like it exci- it adds to the excitement of the night. You know, it's like, oh my god, as a kid, I'm like, oh my god, will it be my night to get murdered? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I know. Will I be one of the lucky kids who gets murdered tonight and immortalized on, on <laughs> and immortalized on film? <laughs> Ooh, you love it. You love that. <laughs> I, I, I love that idea, that concept. It's the, it's the scream child in me. It's the scream queen in you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um so yeah so he kills kids and honestly the scene of little charlie thrown up is so wretched it's it's disgusting and it, it looks almost looks like, so like, like really wonka like some sort of trying to chalk it's very that like i imagine this is what um augustus gloop augustus gloop has gone through after he gets <laughs> sucked up in that tube <laughs> yeah literally just like barfing out all the chocolate um, and it goes on for a while. I'm like, oh my god, okay, we get it. But then, what kind of poison do you think he put in there to make this child do this? I don't know. It's like Ipecac or something, like something that makes you just vomit. And he's eating so much chocolate, he's literally vomiting just like it's a just brown river. <laughs> yeah, it looks so horrific. But I do love this imagery. I love yeah. that, that he, there's even like blood in it. I'm like, ew, this is so creepy but also yeah. it makes my stomach hurt like it, it reminds <laughs> me of when i would eat too much halloween candy and yeah. i would get those stomach cramps and be like i have to poop but i can't <laughs> <laughs> but i can't so i just poop through my mouth um yeah but even like the sounds like when charlie's being dragged to the house he's literally like <laughs> it's like gurgly <laughs> noises it's so gross but it's kind of funny but it is um, it is very disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And then we get introduced to these trick-or-treaters that we'll come to know a little bit later. But every time we watch this, Andre always says, is that Miranda from Lizzie McGuire? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it could be. What else is she doing? Lelaine. <laughs> Lelaine. <laughs> but this is also um, another cl- glimpse that we see of Sam. And this time, he, it looks like, it sounds like he has a cat in his trick-or-treat bag. Yeah, what's in there, baby? What do you what do you got in there? A cat. So we can't I know. knew it. The cat was yeah. howling as he as it bumped down the stairs of Mr. <laughs> Wilkins' porch. Oh my God, Thackeray Binks. Thackeray Binks. Oh my God. Honestly, I honestly would not be shocked if this and Hocus Pocus like existed in the same universe. I agree. One hundred percent. This is so. It's very that. It's that elevated sense of reality. Like, yeah. this is not normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but at the same time, it is rooted in our universe. So it's like, right. yes, I could I, totally see this existing in the same universe. This is oh, great. totally. I just went, yeah. If like Hocus Pocus is rated R, like definitely this could be in the same universe. Or even if like in the new Hocus Pocus movie, they just show like, a kid dressed as Sam somewhere oh. in the background, like somewhere, oh my gosh. just planted oh, he's saying an he, Easter egg. He's saying he, he's saying he can't give away the secret. He's shaking his head right now. With oh his... my god! Well, Sam, will there be a trick or treat too? At least, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh been in god. talks for so long. I just, I, I, I hope that one day it won't happen. I think it's done. You don't think so? It's done. It's done. Mm-mm. It's buried I in Mr. Wilkins' dead. backyard. <laughs> Literally, yes. 
So then we have this backyard scene where he's like digging, like burying these kids, and there's like another kid already in there. Which I wonder if he's one of the kids that we see several times trick or treating, because there is one of them that's dressed as a clown. There is. There's a trio of clowns. Yeah, there's a trio of them. They're throughout. They're they're the ones that see Emma getting slaughtered, which tells me no, because that also happens after Mr. Krieg, and they also go to Mr. Krieg's house. That's true. Okay. So they're they're they made it out of this whole situation alive. All right. Well, one little clown didn't, and um, this scene is always really crazy. Like this poor kid, like coming back i'm always like oh this is so dark <laughs> oh my god he's he's, sho- he's fucking cutting off some of his fingers with that shovel and then I feeding know. them to the neighbor's dog oh my god yeah it's fucked up this is gruesome it is and then we got a uh, little charles lee ray oh i mean um oh whatever that little <laughs> that little boy's name <laughs> billy so we get yeah little billy silly um, billy literally obviously a reference to chucky I mean, it's dressed the cr- just like him. The curly red hair, the outfit, and that face. Yeah, I know exactly. And so, you know, they're having this banter back and forth. He's screaming really loud, and you think like, "Oh no, this this man doesn't want his poor little son to to find out that he's actually a murderer." But the twist of all twists, the gag comes when uh, that ain't the case. <laughs> no, he's grooming him into the next Warren Valley serial killer. And he wants to carve the eyeballs out of this severed head. I was kind of confused at first. I thought, I was like, how did the head get in the basement? That must have been a scene that we didn't see between him getting pulled in and then going to the backyard. Like, how, where, did Charlie That's what I'm telling you. Where did Mr. Wilkins find the time to do everything he does in this one night? Yeah, decapitate this little boy and then bury it, and th- but also have time to take it down to the basement, put it on the little, you know, turntable, whatever. Carve it with his son, go upstairs to shower, put his teeth on, and his vampire outfit, yeah. go on a date, and then this... While, um, yeah. It's so ridiculous. While the, while the Halloween parade is still going on, you know, he didn't miss it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, this timeline for Mr. Wilkins is very bizarre to me. It's it's really, I think, the weaker storyline of this movie, so I'm kind of glad yeah. that we get it over with rather quickly. Also, we get a little Mr. Krieg, who um, we'll get later on in the movie. Uh, you know, he, he has his big moment, but this is one of those moments where we're like, oh my gosh, like I remember that from last time. Like, little Sam over here makes a little cameo for five seconds, or less one second tackling his ass to the ground so looking, looking um, like a full-grown man <laughs> yeah yes literally um but people are like that i watched this with or i was like did that happen it almost happened so fast they're like wait what just happened did he just get tackled so that's kind of it's just like a fun moment like it took me very long to precursor. realize that that was happening do you think that charlie ended up looking like the cop from halloween 2018 <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Just shoved with a, a flashlight in his neck. Like, yeah. happy Halloween. <laughs> happy Halloween. Spooky Halloween. <laughs> Story two. Surprise party. Lori, played by like, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, no, wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wrong Halloween movie. Lori, played by... My Scout Taylor Compton. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, played by Scout Taylor <laughs> 
<laughs> no. Lori, played by Monica Kina. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, okay. Lori, played by True Blood's Anna Paquin, is a 22-year-old virgin who is shy and self-conscious. Her older sister, Danielle, played by Lauren Lee Smith, tries to boost her confidence by taking her to a Halloween party with two of her friends, the hottest women I've ever seen. Women in this movie. Oh my god. Janet and Maria, played by Monica Delane and Rochelle Aitz. Oh my god. Total smoking babes. They are smoking hot. Like, gorgeous. The girls all dress in sexy princess costumes, while Lori is stuck as a modest Little Red Riding Hood, a choice she despises, though her sister tells her it's tradition. They walk through town on the way to the party, picking up dates, but Lori is discouraged. She opts to meet the girls at the party later. Meanwhile, a young woman makes out with a masked man in an alley. He affectionately kisses her neck, but when she looks down, she sees blood running down her body, quivering under her bodice. (laughs) (laughs) The man smiles, revealing blood on his fangs. The woman screams and makes her way to the street where the people are gathered for the parade. We see Emma and Henry walk by in costume but ignore her, thinking she's just another drunk partygoer covered in fake blood. Oh my god, real quick, did did you feel like this was a little... I, I Know What You Did Last Summer? summer. Yes! Yeah. This is a total like, reference to I Know What You Did Last Summer. This has to be. They were the like, fucking I, parade, so, and she's in the alley, yeah. like, almost making it out. Totally. Yes, and then stopping, and then turning around, and he's there. Yeah, for sure. They should have just went fully with this idea, and just put her as, like, a pageant queen. Like, that was her outfit. Yeah. The woman turns around to see the vampire standing behind her and screams as he swings his cloak around her. He leaves her dead body on the sidewalk leaning against a building as if she's merely passed out and walks away. At the bonfire party in the woods, Danielle stands alone worrying about Lori. Janet assures her that Lori's fine, but Danielle wonders, saying that their mother always said Lori was the runt of the litter. As Lori walks down a dimly jack-o'-lantern lit path in the woods, she senses someone is following her and shouts out that she is not in the mood and they'd better come out. (laughs) (laughs) She has an attitude. She does. (laughs) When no one responds, she turns and comes face to face with the vampire. He grabs her by the neck and holds her against a tree, saying, My, my, what big eyes you have, before biting her neck. At the party, the girls are startled when a red-cloaked body falls out of a tree near the fire. Danielle nervously approaches the body, thinking it might be Lori. She removes the cloak to see the vampire, bleeding and begging for help. His mask is removed, and Principal Wilkins is revealed. Oh my god, you are again? Are you kidding? Are we done with you? Who are you, Michael fucking Myers? <laughs> <laughs> Lori appears and assures everyone she's okay, despite the blood oozing from her neck. Maria removes his fake fangs before Lori approaches Wilkins and straddles him, telling him to bear with her since it's her first time. The other girls start to dance as Wilkins... Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm all feeling it. You're you're doing it with them. You're like, I'm dancing too. 
The other girls start to dance <laughs> as Wilkins looks around in shock to see that all of their dates are dead. The girls strip off their costumes and tear off their skin. <laughs> yes. I love this. Revealing coarse fur and sharp fangs, Lori begins to change herself and leans down to Wilkins to whisper, My, my, what big eyes you have. <laughs> Her mouth. <laughs> yeah. She can't even talk those teeth in. <laughs> And she says that right before lunging into Wilkins' neck. The other werewolves finish the remains of their dates howling at the moon as Sam looks on from a nearby log. Oh, oh my, my god. god. This is the one. This is my favorite fucking part of this movie. My too. I love this. I love the girls. I love the twist. Um, <sighs> I think it's just so It's so brilliant. I know. It is so, so good. Well, so what we didn't really address in the last one was what the rule was. So the rule of the last story was uh, always check your candy, right? Always check your candy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was the overall theme to that story. So this one is always wear a costume. Oh, okay. I'm like, okay, I guess. I guess it doesn't seem like any of them break a rule. Because it seems like the, the people oh. break a rule and then all you know, all hell breaks loose. This one, I'm a little less like, okay, I don't think it's going to be broke a rule. But The um, costumes are their, their, their skin. skin. Yes, always wear a costume. It's like, I guess it's not really the lesson being learned, but it's more so yeah. like a demonstration of the different types of costumes that we could possibly wear from sexy to traditional to simple to human skin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes. No. So I love this one. Um, I love how it sort of starts with, you know, these girls and there's like an insecure one. And these other ones, they seem like sluts. Like they are are the big sluts. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. But um, their dialogue is really sounds like sexually charged. It does. Until you realize what they are. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I love this dialogue when um, she's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, this happened. She goes, yeah, I ate some bad Mexican. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or she's like, oh, and one of them talks about eating a girl. She's like, whatever, it all tastes the same to me. Like, and so you assume, like, she's like, you know, obviously having, like, a, Mm. you know, a a gay encounter, but actually she's just talking about eating. Uh, some girl's actual ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I have to say that it's very convincing coming from these women because they are all gorgeous. Yeah. Stunning. stunning. I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. This is exactly what girls who look like this would talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even there's like a little boy peeping through the the, the yeah. changing rooms as they change their costumes. And he is living for their bodies. <laughs> Seriously. Well, yeah, they put them on. They slap those bodies on. <laughs> yeah. And these little, maybe they got changed in there. Um, yeah. And they this- walked in as werewolves and walked out as these like hot girls. <laughs> I saw four dogs running in here, but I can't find them. (laughs) Um, But this little boy spying on them is the one and only Quinn Lord, who's playing Sam throughout the movie. Yes. Yes. Love that. I know. I'm glad he got to be on screen outside of the costume. You know, that's something for his parents. They'll remember it forever. I know. Isn't it sweet? This would be great. Like, I played Sam in Trick or Treat. Can you imagine? Yeah. He's probably like 18 now or 20. 
Oh yeah, yeah this is great. Um, so also like these little things that they say, like, oh, you have to dress as Little Red Riding Hood because it's tradition. So I guess maybe that is the part that plays oh. into always wear a costume. Like it's, um, or maybe it's just like a nod to their, their who they are. I guess their yeah. culture, werewolf culture. <laughs> yeah, that, and I love that idea. Like the 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 new girl that's a part of this werewolf pack is like. Her for her first time, she has to dress as Little Red Riding Hood and act like she's this <laughs> innocent girl getting preyed on by, you know, some douche. And then all of a sudden, she's like, <laughs> "Gotcha!" And she turns yeah. into a werewolf. <laughs> like, oh my god, so good, so good. And so then, like, they spend this time like picking up guys, right? But you're yeah. you're sort of confused watching it because all the dudes that they're picking up are like not on their level, and you're like. Wait, you're like, wait, what? These like, camera these... guys. Yeah, like, why are these hot girls giving these, like, dopey dudes the time of day? And you're like, right. that's it's so interesting. But obviously it's for a purpose because they, they're not interested in, like, no. you know, fucking these it's guys. It's not for or... their looks. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They're so, like, but... this one looks meaty. Yeah, definitely. So I love that. I love that how, how they played with us, you know, throughout this. Where, you know, we're constantly, like... There's something weird going on, but I don't know what it is. But I don't think that these girls are, are, the are evil. But so when it actually yeah. reveals that they are evil, it's really exciting, and you're like, "What? Oh my god! I did not even think about that." Mm-hmm. Um, and I love seeing people's reactions to watching this. Yeah, and I think something that we discussed before starting this was, you know, the girls are kind of giving an example of some of the various Halloween costumes, like we were saying. And they're dressed as, like, you know, skimpy, sexy versions of, like, Disney princesses. And um, one of the theories of this movie, I guess when it... I guess this had... This movie had 18 drafts of the script written. And the common theme throughout was that each story would be an example of different stages of your life celebrating Halloween. So, like, we have... You know, the candy version being like you're trick-or-treating and out, you know, with the candy and all that. And then this would be like Halloween in your 20s when you're like partying and having a good time. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. When Halloween becomes about sex and looking hot and going to clubs on Halloween, which is fully a thing. Yeah. And doing drugs and getting fucked up and waking up the next morning in a graveyard with your panties off. And no kidney. <laughs> <laughs> no kidney, no phone, no car, no house. In a tub of ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that theory. I love that this is about sisterhood. They're like female empowerment. Um, yeah. I love it. And so uh, Wilkins shows his face again. Turns out that he's this random mysterious vampire. And you think that he's the villain of this story, whoever this vampire is. But it turns out that he ain't. He ain't shit. He ain't nobody. He's just a lowly loser who I'm like, what does he even do to these women? Does he look like I don't know that he's necessarily drinking their blood, but maybe just cutting them open to where letting them bleed out? Yeah, like he's he's puncturing like maybe like vital veins. Arteries. Arteries, yeah. I do think that I wish the vampire, like we said, was played by somebody else. But can you imagine if this vampire was like ultra sexy? Ooh, that would I be so hot. Hope. 
Because this makeout scene is kind of, before you realize it's Principal Wilkins, this makeout scene's kind of hot. Like, yeah. it's like she's fully enjoying herself. And then, like, when she realizes the blood is there, it's almost like she doesn't realize it at first. And the reason, and why I think about this, and this is kind of where I'm like, am I, like, am I, like, nasty? But, like, where I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> she's, yes. like, obviously, like, they're all cuddled up and, like, keeping each other warm under that cloak, right? And she doesn't <laughs> notice that she's fucking bleeding to death because I bet her blood is all warm and she's just like, oh, this feels so good. And then she's like, oh, my God, I'm dying. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. It's like that scene in Interview of the Vampire, like, the same thing happens where they're, like, literally feasting on her boob. And she's like, ah! Uh, and then she like, yeah. looks down, and when she notices that she's bleeding, she's like, ah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. But also there's some... Okay, and, you know, this fucks with me, too. This, like, mask business, because I'm like, ooh, this vampire's kind of hot. Once you find out who it is, you're like, no, they're not. But, like, <laughs> there's something about the mask thing that I'm like, it's the fantasy of it all. Like, who's behind there? It's yeah. like this whole, like, Orville Peck, like you know thing that's happening with me now i'm like who's under there he's gotta be hot <laughs> yeah he must be but, or it's like what happened to you in hocus pocus the singer with the makeup oh my, exactly he what has wrong to with be me? hot oh my god it's like they have to be hot and they never are what the, <laughs> what the fuck is you, this but you know what it is this i is think the it's trick just part the, of trick-or-treat the fact that that's our thing right like that's like what we've been <laughs> Men in to love is men in masks and who is that mystery man under that <laughs> mask <laughs> yes that bald man <laughs> okay wait one of my favorite lines in this movie happens during this section is when they go to buy those costumes and he's like your your total is 236 double d or something like that oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm all wow like, oh, sorry smooth elf smooth but honestly <laughs> He is cute. The little elf. He's like a nerd. Hot. Okay. Yeah. He is cute. And at first, that makes sense, right? But Danielle like, kind of oh, okay. seems like a Regina George. I don't know that she would settle for an elf working at a Halloween store. True, true, true. Yeah, he's still not on her level, but he's still kind of cute. Yeah, he's still kind of cute, I guess. Yeah. You're right. You're but right. overall, this is my favorite of the storylines. I love the transformation of the wolves. It looks, I'm like, yes, practical effects. Yes. I know. And you know, when you look at the crowd scenes and you see all the costumes that they're wearing, some of them are like really stupid, like that centaur or whatever those are called. Oh, oh yeah. That's dumb. There's like a guy in a blue tinsel wig wearing like an orange jumpsuit. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what is that? Oh my that? God, the bodybuilder woman. Oh, the bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah, that Viking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have to say that the girls, all of the werewolves, have these really great costumes before you know they reveal that they're werewolves there's like a cleopatra there's like a sexy cheerleader and oh, of course yeah. we have our princesses and so i love this like strip tease but instead of like just taking off their clothes they're ripping off their skin like yeah. it is so such a great turn of events i live for this moment oh yeah and you're like ooh, it's in- set to Sweet dreams are made of these by Miss Marilyn Manson, who we won't give any more airtime to. Yeah, but stupid um, bitch. Yeah, way to fuck it up, asshole. Because the song is amazing. It's a great cover. It's a great cover. Um, it's perfect for this moment, you know. And, they're, and it's just like because it's like so spooky, but also sexy. 
and um, you know to see these girls just like rip off their clothes and then rip off their fucking skin and just throw it and go oh, full werewolf. I, oh. I love when like I think it's like Janet who like digs her nail in Danielle's back and oh, just yeah. like slices her skin open and then it rips through and it's like this furry beast back. <laughs> like it's so. I was good. like, wow, she's a good friend. That and the use of back. practical effects. Applause, yeah. applause, applause. We love a practical effect. It's so good. I mean, I w- was reading that it was enhanced by CGI, but it wasn't total CGI, which is amazing. Right. I feel like the only CGI moment that I can think of from this movie is in that part where they show Lori's face and she kind of has like a, a werewolf it's transformation in her face. But other than that, I it doesn't really look CGI'd. Yeah, you know, that's no. the only part that looks a little obviously CGI Cartoon-y. that her face yeah. like, yeah. But it doesn't I, I even do. look in a bad way. It looks good. Her practical makeup though, before when she's like, my my, what big eyes you have! It looks great, and I actually yeah. think she looks sexier like that. She looks than hot. Regular. She looks so hot. <laughs> yeah, she looks super hot. I'm telling. It's the contacts. It's the teeth. It's the hair. her hair is wild and curly. Remember, urban legend. <laughs> yes, yeah, girls with curly hair, wild and untamed things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I love this storyline. I think it's a great twist. Um, I wish there was a whole movie of just this. I know, and I do hope that if they ever make a trick or treat too, they maybe do something like this. But maybe uh, you know, g- give it to us again, like unexpected, and then it yeah. just boom again. I love it. Ah, oh, so good. And also this werewolves versus vampires type thing you know the endless tale of, of course little twilight. halloween <laughs> horror trope yeah ex- yes twilight, of <laughs> twilight, it all. the twilight series of it all uh <laughs> yeah this is great i love this i love it all right well why don't we move on okay story three the halloween school bus massacre the scavenger hunting teenagers from earlier continue collecting jack-o'-lanterns the group consists of macy played by Britt mckillop Schrader, played by Jean-Luc Bellegdeux. Oh, bonjour, Juju. <laughs> La baguette. Bonjour, Jean-Luc. Bonjour, Drick en Street. I do have to say that he grew up to be rather hot. I believe you. I have not looked. <laughs> okay. Chip, played by Alberto Gisi. And Sarah, played by... Lelaine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. She's played by Isabelle Deluce. Oh, they all have really cute names. Yeah, they all have really beautiful names. They approach the home of one of their teachers, Mrs. Henderson. Okay, this was not in the synopsis. I had to add this because this is (laughs) such a crucial moment of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) It is so hilarious. Yeah. So (laughs) it's one of their teachers, Mrs. Henderson, played by Jennifer Tilly. No! (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer Coolidge. No. (laughs) It should have been. Oh, imagine. Uh, opportunity so good. No, I actually don't know hey who plays guys. this woman. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Isn't it perfect? Yeah. <laughs> you want a drink? Yeah. Um, I actually don't know who plays this woman, so let's keep going. She drunkenly opens the door, revealing that she and some of the other teachers are having a furry party. She offers them a drink, then gives them candy. She sends them off with a warning. Watch out for monsters. After the teens have scoured the neighborhood for its jack-o'-lanterns, they stop at the home of one of their classmates named Rhonda, played by Sam Todd. 
dressed as a witch, whose yard is decorated with dozens of jack-o'-lanterns. The teens have planned to meet up with Rhonda, even though they make fun of her behind her back. Schrader plays nice, complimenting Rhonda on her costume. She's made it herself. Macy leads them onward while Rhonda talks briefly about the origins of Halloween, Samhain, which may have included things such as human sacrifice. They arrive at an abandoned rock quarry where Macy explains that the quarry is the site of a fatal bus crash that happened 30 years prior and has become the town's urban legend. The bus was carrying eight mentally challenged children clad in freakish Halloween costumes and so troubled that they had to be chained to their seats. That fateful day, the driver, played by Gerald Pates, deviated from his normal route while taking the kids home. Their parents, no longer able to stand the strain and humiliation of caring for them, paid the driver to put them out of their misery by driving the bus into the lake at the bottom of the rock quarry, intending to make it look like a horrible accident. However, while double-checking their restraints, one of the kids, dressed as a vampire, is able to free himself and hijack the bus, saying he wants to go home. Disturbed and confused, the boy accidentally puts the bus in gear and drives it over the edge of the cliffside into the lake before the driver can stop him. Macy says that the driver survived, but he was never heard from again, and the bus was never recovered. Possibly because the rest of the town just didn't want to bother. Oh, that's so sad. That's so fucked up. The eight jack-o'-lanterns collected represent the eight souls lost that day and are meant to be left at the lakeside as an offering to the dead. They walk to a rickety elevator and Macy, Sarah, and Schrader get in with their pumpkins to go down to the lake. Since the elevator will only hold three at a time, Chip and Rhonda wait for it to come back for them. On their way down, they hear the panicked cries and screams of the other three and watch as the lights of their jack-o'-lanterns go out in the mist. Rhonda tells Chip to stay in the elevator with the remaining pumpkins, saying that they will protect him as she goes to investigate. Walking through the mist, she eventually comes to the wreckage of the half-submerged school bus and sees the masks of the others floating in the water. She is suddenly attacked by two water-drenched figures covered in chains and runs to see a third disemboweling Chip. As they chase her, Rhonda drops and steps on her glasses before tripping and hitting her head on a rock, blacking out. When she comes to, she sees the figure standing over her and screams in fear, but one of them, actually Schrader in disguise, explains that it was just a cruel prank played by all of them and tries to apologize. Macy is unremorseful and kicks a still-lit jack-o'-lantern into the lake as whispers and giggles suddenly echo out of the mist. Schrader leads Rhonda to the elevator, and when he hears the others screaming, tells her to stay put while he goes to see what's wrong, though he suspects another ruse. Ooh, what a word. Ooh, a ruse. A ruse. I'm a ruse. From Jean-Luc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a ruse. Jean-Luc gets it. That's the ruse. But when, <laughs> but when he meets up with the others, they all see the figures of the eight dead children rise out of the lake, still tied in their chains. They run for the elevator, though Sarah is caught by a strand of chains and dragged away into the dark. The other three make it to the elevator to see Rhonda locked inside with the rest of the jack-o'-lanterns, looking sullen but calm. They beg her to open the door, but Rhonda, 
seemingly in a daze, presses the button to go up and leaves the others to their fate as the ghost children surround them. Rhonda exits the elevator and leaves the quarry, towing her pumpkins in her red wagon. She briefly looks at and passes Sam, sitting inside a cement pipe as Macy, Schrader, and Chip scream as they are ripped apart. Good for her. Oh my god. You know, (laughs) good for her. They're fucking assholes. Literally, these kids suck ass. I feel like Chip and Sarah are kind of maybe not the most popular kids in school. And I think Rhonda is obviously the same way. Macy is the real bitch of this story because I think that she keeps these kids in like... This is how she... I think if Rhonda would have fed into this whole prank thing, that she would have ended up being part of this clique. Because I think what Macy does is that she manipulates these kids into being her friend to fuel her power. Because... They have an initiation. Yes. This is like a hazing thing, I feel like. Yeah, she's psycho. And at first you get this, like, idea, because we see her on these, like, other... Um, you know, parts of the movie, like earlier, where like she's like, We're trick or treating. Can we have your pumpkin for UNICEF? Like, she's like, Really, like, sweet. She's dressed as an angel for fuck's sake. And <laughs> then, but really, we know Miss Macy, she, uh, she's the devil. <laughs> yeah, she's the devil. She's always rolling her eyes. And I could have seen a young Emma Roberts playing this role. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This is definitely that type. This is a Madison yes. Montgomery. Or, <laughs> yeah. no, sorry, this is a Chanel Oberlin. No, you know who she reminds me of? That young actress is the mean girl from Freaky Friday. Uh, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? She's also the mean girl in a Cinderella story, I think. <laughs> oh my God, she she made a career off of that. I Two know. This, <laughs> this could have easily been her if she wasn't 30 years old at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, I've seen uh, you know worst things happen anyway um, so they've been going around collecting these jack-o'-lanterns they say it's for unicef but it's actually to give an offering to the dead however this we already kind of briefly talked about it but we have to talk about it some more this mrs henderson scene is so good (laughs) it is so iconic when they're like hi mrs henderson nice costume she goes and she turns around and like wiggles her ass and she's like (laughs) isn't it just perfect and then she's like you want a drink Oh my god! I mean, this is definitely like playing on a actual childhood fear, which is seeing your teachers outside (gasps) of school. Oh, right! Like, oh my god! I, I mean, maybe other people were liked that. I remember seeing teachers outside of school and being very uncomfortable. I'm like, you don't live there? No, yeah, (laughs) you don't. You don't live in classroom (laughs) forty (laughs) three. It's like seeing a dog walk on its hind legs. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, oh, it's just like slightly, un- it's just uncomfortable. So then, it is. I, I feel but like not that- just not just not seeing them out of um, their teacher, their classroom, but then seeing them dressed as animals. Oh yeah, being fucking sexual, each other. being sexual creatures, having like personal lives, fucking each other. Because he was like, I think I saw Coach. Clayton fu- butt fucking a pig in there. <laughs> like, yeah. Ew. ew. Terrific. But it's hilarious too because it's like this it's like so teacher swingers party that's happening. Yes. And yeah, Miss Henderson is hilarious. And that final, just again, that final like 
Watch out for monsters. She slams the door. <laughs> it's so good. I love that oh part. Oh my god. I know. It's like, oh my god. Teachers have secret lives. They're all perverts too. Okay, Just like the I... rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Just perverted people in their 30s. That's what teachers were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rhonda, she reminds me of Velma from Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah, I know. Sure and they're fucked up to her. So she's like... She's obviously, like, on the spectrum, I would say, but she's, like, they refer to her as an idiot savant. They refer to her as something worse before that. But, so she's obviously very, oh, yeah. very an smart. Out, an outdated term. Yes, an out, the R word. Like, no, thank you. She's just kind of socially awkward, which, of course, is fucking... Ugh, puts a target on her back for all those insecure, mean kids. And so... Yes. They let... So they totally prey on this girl and you know I don't know to get their own Halloween kicks or what but they decide to devise this horrible prank to scare this girl uh, for no fucking reason I mean like I you know. said I think your theory that she might also be part of the group I mean maybe that's why she goes out maybe they they told her that I mean but she's also probably just lonely just how many friends and she trusts these assholes ooh it makes me so but mad but you know what it makes me so mad but at the same time it's like you know what girl next time just stay home because clearly being alone has made this girl totally creative she's made her costume she knows oh, everything yeah. there is to know about Halloween those jack-o'-lanterns in girl, the front yard girl she carved a thousand and two pumpkins like girl. and they're incredible so I mean yeah definitely girl you can make a business you can make a living that these other yeah. you know asshole kids when they're working oh, yeah. at the 7-Eleven or whatever like if this were the real world she'd be like a millionaire from selling her treasures on Etsy on Etsy oh for sure Absolutely. totally this is pre Etsy I think but hey eBay existed come on girl yeah those pumpkins yes they um get to this rock quarry which i do love this part of it like oh. this urban legend come to life yeah totally i love the the aesthetic of it i love the fog i love the, the shots of the of the jack-o'-lanterns in the fog it's just so cool oh especially it. when they're going out like yes. as they're screaming and it's like Oh, I love, I love that. That's my favorite moment of this whole thing is when they're going down and you're seeing the jack lanterns in the mist and then you see them going out, but you also hear like the screams that are going around. It's, it's almost feels like, you know, if you're, you're like walking through a, like a haunt or like you're going, you're on a spooky yes. ride and you're hearing like the voices all around you, oh, like the storyline, yes. like that's what it feels like, like a full sensory experience. Totally. Because watching this with surround sound. Oh my yeah. god, it is immersive. Like you are yeah. in the movie. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like you're so hearing nice. them run around you. I think it's such a cool moment. And I just it love is. how this looks. Like the aesthetic is just on point. It is, especially because right before this, like intertwined almost with this story is the surprise party section of this, which is so warm. There's a bonfire yeah. and it's red and orange and yellow. And then you get this and it's like blue and black and dark and just those two things like after the heat you get the cold it's like oh my god yeah. it's a, this is this really is a feast for the eyes this entire movie for sure and i also love this design of the bus crash like that's like sticking out of the water 
It's yes. so cool. And it's all melted looking. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. Oh, and then even just the flashbacks that we get while Macy's telling the story. And it's those like handmade vintage costumes that they yeah, used to make back in the they're day. They're kind of unnerving though. I feel like there's like a they series are. of those pictures that are like, of like old Halloween costumes that are really fucking yeah. scary. Really scary. And you're like, what is, first of all, what's that supposed to be? And secondly, <laughs> like some of, and they look like they're from different periods of time. Like some of them look like the Halloween costumes of the forties or the fifties or the seventies. Yeah. And so there's just like a mixture. Like you don't know what time frame to put this in. Yeah. And, uh, you almost don't even know where the kids are in the costumes. Like they look padded yeah. and stuffed. Oh and my gosh, the the that devil. devil. Uh, oh I'm yeah, like, where's like, the head? Where's the kid's head? Is, is that Ornacia? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's Ornacia in her Halloween costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's crazy. Like I really like the the little chubby bunny. I like that. There's that really freaky one, and I don't even know why it's freaky, but it's literally just a brown paper bag with eye holes <gasps> cut out, and then this mouth, like maybe from a magazine, pasted on yeah. the on the where the mouth is, and it's really freaky looking. <laughs> yes, yeah, and then the the one with the red pigtails. Oh yeah, it just looks like a, a cut out, like almost like a Nightmare Before Christmas, the the kid. With just a big kid, like that's like yeah. that looks like a big cotton roll. Like <laughs> it's like that. I'm like, oh my god, they almost look like Nightmare Before Christmas characters. They're they really do. great. They're really yeah. great costumes. And then their storyline is also very tragic. This idea that their parents couldn't handle the burden of their, you know, their challenges. Um, it's so sad. And then to like pay this driver to like drive them off a cliff. Um, of course, that, that goes awry, but I mean, they they do ultimately die. It reminds me of um American Horror Story, uh, a murder house when that that commentary between Adelaide and um, oh yeah Jessica Lange's character oh, Constance. Yes, Constance and Adelaide and that that Halloween night when she goes as a pretty she wants to be a pretty girl. Oh God. Oh. Heartbreaking. It's tragic. it's tragic. You were reading that the kids that play these roles um, were actually had developmental challenges. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is actually really sweet because I guess they had like a great time on set, and um, that's like so wonderful. Like, thank God. Like, even though this like story that they're portraying is very dark, I'm glad that these kids had a great time filming it. And they got to probably dress up and take a yeah. lot of the great pictures. And, Being a know. movie. Oh, my God. That yeah. everyone loves. Like, that is so heartwarming. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad that some good came out of Not it. Not only that, but they get to be, they got to be a part of the action. Like, they're crucial roles oh, in, yeah. this, in this movie. Like, they are, absolutely. like, some of the leads. Absolutely. So we love to hear that. I'm glad that happened. I'm glad they had a great time. That makes me feel good about this whole process or this storyline, you know, because yes. it is it is kind of hard to like like oh that's so fucked up that's so yeah dark and and, and the actions that their characters do they are scary. Sarah getting pulled back by her chains. <gasps> oh yeah, that's Just terrifying. Pulled into the night, but honestly, Rhonda she sort of almost like is their representation and. It's she kind of gets her yeah. revenge on them, you know. She, she herself is a little bit of an indigo child, and 
Yeah. She has no remorse for for Macy. Like after all of that, like she could have died hitting her head on that rock, and Macy doesn't yeah. give up flying fuck. So she's Seriously. like, you know what, bitch? Fuck you and all your ugly little friends. All of you guys are gonna <laughs> die down here. It, like it's almost like Carrie or something, you know? It's like you're exactly. It's, it's that good for her moment where you're like, well, I can't say I feel bad for you kids because. Yeah. You're pieces of shit and you preyed on it's, this little girl who it's that you know, Stephen King influence that we were talking about yeah. it's like very Stephen King very John Carpenter very George A. Romero like yeah. the, the heavy hitters they were definitely the masters of horror were a huge inspiration to this film definitely. and I think we can see those little things Chucky and Carrie and you know yeah. Halloween like they're all very present and it makes us feel good <laughs> yeah, it's like nostalgia. It's so warm and lovely. And watching I'm kids ha- get ripped apart by zombies. I uh, love it. <laughs> exactly. Well, piece of shit kids for sure. Piece of shit kids. Even the nice ones, I probably would enjoy watching that too. <laughs> yeah, if Rhonda would have gotten it too, I'd been like, yeah. I hate kids. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> Story four. Meet Sam. Hi, Sam. <laughs> oh, he's waving, oh, everybody. He's waving. Oh, my God. Lollipop, lollipop. Oh, lollipop. Three trick-or-treaters walk up the porch of a dark old house with no Halloween decorations and nervously knock on the door. It opens to pitch darkness and they nervously hold out their bags, saying, Trick-or-treat. Two glowing eyes appear and growling is heard. The children run away as the monster chases them across the yard and Mr. Krieg appears in the doorway. He calls out to his dog, Spite. So um, he calls his dog in and picks him up to remove the monster costume and glowing headpiece. He collects the children's dropped candy bags and retreats inside where he proceeds to burn old pictures in his fireplace before settling in his chair to watch TV. He takes a bite out of a candy bar, but disgusted with it, swaps it for a bottle of liquor. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Very that. That's called maturity. That's called being an adult. (laughs) And this is what happens to you on Halloween after your prime. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Since there is nothing on TV that doesn't have anything to do with Halloween, Krieg turns it off and hears Spite barking outside before seeing an egg hit his window. He runs to the front door and opens it to see that his entire yard is decorated with dozens of jack-o'-lanterns. Spike continues to bark in the backyard, and Creed goes to investigate where he has his conversation with Wilkins. After finishing the finger that Wilkins threw over to him, Spike runs back inside and begins to bark upstairs. Creed follows him up and walks cautiously into his bedroom, where he notices something moving under the covers. Sam, is that you? (laughs) You sneaky little fucker. (laughs) (laughs) He pulls back the blanket to see a mechanized hand before a pumpkin set on a table in the corner suddenly starts spewing flames, bathing the room in orange light and revealing words scribbled all over the walls and ceiling. Trick or treat, give me something good to eat. They must smell my feet. Where's the best yeah. part? Smell my feet. Fuck me in my ass. Smell <laughs> <laughs> my feet. Eat my ass. <laughs> Krieg then screams as something stabs him from under the bed. He falls to the ground and looks up to see Sam appear from the other side of the bed. 
Sam shows him a candy bar and peels back the wrapping to reveal a razor blade inside before attacking. Krieg screams and manages to escape down the hallway, but trips on the landing to the stairs and falls to the bottom. The staircase is covered in small pieces of candy and razor blades, and Krieg winces at his hands covered in bloody cuts. Struggling as Sam attacks again, Krieg makes it to the far window where he calls out to Wilkins just before being tackled. He tries to fight off Sam and manages to rip off his burlap mask. Instead of finding a human child's face underneath, Sam's face is a horribly deformed pumpkin with beady eyes and sharp teeth. Oh my god! Oh my god, is that what's under there, Sam? What a reveal! Yes. Krieg gains the upper hand and gets hold of his shotgun, shooting Sam across the room where he slumps against the front door. Krieg shoots him again at close range, severing Sam's hand before dialing 911. But the line goes dead and Krieg is stabbed in the leg again by Sam's severed hand. It crawls back to Sam and reattaches itself to the stump. Sam gets up and puts his mask back on as Krieg backs up against the wall, knocking a table and its contents to the floor. Sam removes a pumpkin sucker from his pocket and takes a bite out of it, showing the sharp edged bite marks. He approaches Krieg, arm raised to stab him and bring the sucker down on Krieg's chest. Instead of stabbing him, however, Sam lodges a sucker in the discarded candy bar Krieg had opened earlier, which had landed on his chest after he knocked the table over. Sam proceeds to chew on the candy bar and leaves the room, appearing satisfied. Little little fucker. I know. Hey, he's a simple boy. He looks back at Krieg, who watches in puzzlement, before leaving the house. The door slams shut on its own. We then see one of the pictures that Krieg had thrown into the fire. It shows the eight kids from the bus massacre, revealing that Krieg was the driver. Later... A heavily bandaged Krieg answers the doorbell to give candy to some trick-or-treaters. From his porch, he sees Sam go towards Emma and Henry's house across the way, just as she is blowing out the candle to one of her jack-o'-lanterns. Rhonda then walks by along the street, pulling her wagon absent-mindedly and is almost hit by a car, carrying the werewolf girls, laughing in human form. Billy Wilkins sits on his porch, handing out candy, wearing his dad's bloody clothes from earlier, unaware that his father is now dead. Krieg walks back inside and the bell rings again. He opens it to see the children from the bus massacre standing on his porch. The boy with the vampire mask says, trick or treat, and extends his bag before the children leap forward and begin to rip Krieg apart. The end. Yes! What a beautiful little ending where all of our our, our characters come together in this little town. I yes. love it. Just one moment on the street that they all happen to be there. That's yeah, great, I, isn't it? I love it. Yes, it's so good. So good. So here we go with a, a Halloween carol. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, like Scrooge, right? Yeah, this is for sure like the Scrooge of Halloween. Um, you know, curmudgeonly old man who just can't be bothered. And um, the, the rule that is sort of broken or at least referenced in this is always give out candy. Pass out candy? Yeah. Well, I do love that this plays into this whole idea of trick-or-treat because 
when you don't get treats, you're supposed to play tricks, and I don't think anyone's ever done. So this is a very extreme representation of that right, whole exactly. thing that we always say. I don't even think that we think about it yeah, that, like, in treats, that way. Treats and treats. Yeah. yeah. Treats or treats or treats or motherfucking treats. Yeah. Treats <laughs> or get your ass kicked is what I usually say. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so trick or treat. And Sam does not hold back. He starts off with something simple like an egg being tossed. Yeah. And ends with, you know, potential murder before he gets his clock bar. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. Sam is the best. Sam is like, he's like the personification of Halloween, right? He like yeah. He shows up in all these stories and he's sort of just like, watches and makes sure that everybody is doing their due diligence to celebrate this holiday. Um, so he shows up in every single one of these stories, either just as an observer or in this case, he is a participant. <laughs> you know, with Mr. Krieg, like you said, this curmudgingly old man, <laughs> I mean, I just read this. We were just read this moments before starting this, that the wig and all this stuff that they added to Brian Cox, was to make him look like John Carpenter. <laughs> which, I, which I guess is true. He got that long, wispy white hair. Like, they do look a little I think similar. John Carpenter is a little more cleaned up than this Mr. Oh, I mean, Creed. Obviously. I don't obviously. see, I don't see the, the resemblance. You do? I mean, they're obviously two different people, but I mean, this is an old man with long hair. It's him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think he looks more like Brad Dorif. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but either way, even if you, we can't see it clearly, it's nice to know that again, they are referencing some of the masters of horror and John Carpenter literally is brought us Halloween. So, um, it's only appropriate to pay homage to him. This section has some really great visuals in it. And one of them is that the flames blaring oh. out from that pumpkin. Oh, it's so cool. I love it. So good. So he's, so yeah, good. he's like skulking around trying to find what's making this noise. And this pumpkin in his room just like lights on fire. I'm like, that's such a cool image. It's like, you know, the can, you know, we put fire in these pumpkins, but like to see it just like blaze out of it almost as if it's like from the pits of hell um i really love that and it illuminates the walls which has all of our our fun you know writing on it um they're just sort of tormenting or sam is just sort of tormenting this old man um you know just he's like bitch you better motherfucking like halloween after this that part <laughs> exactly or else i'm gonna I'm come for you and yeah and so it's really fun a lot of this like cat and mouse game that they do is really exciting yes. um and i and honestly i just love sam so much he's as terrifying as he is when he takes that mask off i still think he's so <gasps> fucking cute it is really cute it's adorable and and just the way that even happens when he gets shot with that shotgun yeah and he flies across the floor <laughs> into the wall yeah it's so I love- funny it makes me laugh every time yeah and he has those little pumpkin guts that come out i'm like oh that's so brilliant it's such a great character design it is such yeah. a great character design it's so good the the team that put this together for sam is just yeah chef's kiss <laughs> chef's kiss yeah and i uh, yeah and i like that he's like sort of this immortal being like he's like i am halloween you can't kill me you can try all you want you can shoot me you can sh- chop my hand off whatever but he's like i'm gonna put myself back together and i'm gonna get what i want 
and what you think that he wants is to to murder this old man but at the, at the end of the day he takes that little sharp lollipop and he stabs it right into a piece of candy and he's satisfied because at the end of the day that's all he wanted he just wanted candy yeah he said this is all i wanted you old fuck yeah jesus <laughs> we could have fucking avoided so much of this if you just gave yeah. me the goddamn clock bar the clock bar <laughs> Todd face Todd face <laughs> um, another great visual that's in here is the falling down the stairs and it's oh, all those yes. little like glassy pieces of candy and razor yeah. blades yeah just like you were saying like like hard candy is like glass and so yeah it, it's almost like home alone-ish too oh yeah totally you know it's like a booby trap that he set of like halloween candy something like in ha- in home alone is like the crushed up um ornaments you know it's sort of the same mm-hmm. thing same feel which i really same like. idea yeah exactly like taking something so specific to the holiday and making it into something like a trap yeah. or you know that it could hurt you it's cool because something else that Sam uses is the chocolate bar that was given to him by Principal Wilkins, but that now has a razor blade in it. Yeah. However, I was reading not too long ago that there's never been a single report of a razor blade being in candy. How do you even do that? I think it the idea was that it was in an apple. Yeah, the that was apple passed out Halloween. That was like the legend. But yeah, I don't know if that's, that's I, never it, been. It sounds real. like just like a Halloween urban legend razor blades in your candy. I mean, they even use it in Candyman. Yeah, they do use it in Candyman. They also used it as a as a, a little quick thing in Halloween 2, the 1981 Halloween Oh, yeah. When that kid is going up to the hospital and he has a razor blade yeah. stuck in his mouth. Yeah. Oof. That's a Oof. horrible thought. God, Fighting into your fucking razor blade. Oh, that's horrible. And if you do that, you are a fucking fucker. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking fuck. Um, Brian Cox as Mr. Creek, a great performance. Oh, I think so good. He, he is the star in this role. Like, he is so good. <laughs> Just this grumpy old man. Like, it's everything we expect this old man to be and more. Oh, yeah. He nails it. It's so good. I love when uh, Wilkins is like, happy Halloween. He's all, screw you. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. I love that we get it twice. Yeah. Like, we don't just get it once. We get it yeah, twice. And it's funny both love times. How, I love how he delivers, delivers it. Yeah. Screw you. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love so, him. I love so him. Good. I think he's kind of adorable, a little old man. Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> And you know what? He learns his lesson in the end, and by golly, does he give out that candy to those trick or treaters? Hands the, all fucked up and everything. Hands all fucked. He was like, a, a, "Hi, Mr. Creek. Great mummy costume. <laughs> <laughs> so good." But you know what? He gets what's coming to him. Karma comes full circle, and those kids come back from that Halloween bus massacre, and kill him but then when that's when we find out that he was the bus driver i know it is kind of crazy that they like i mean it is his fault like he should never have taken the money to do it but aren't the yeah. parents the actual villains of that they story are. they are because i think that mr creek had still some he regret has a over it, it. he doesn't want to celebrate halloween because he regrets this situation so much right exactly but um, pass out <laughs> Get together, mummy. Yeah. Oh, I we we also missed one little part in this that I just have to call out because I love it. Is when he's flipping through the channels and he comes across Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. I was like, Oh my god, (laughs) you love that. You love that. I was like, Yes, look at those cat women. 
so good. <laughs> oh, he has. Yeah, and I love that it also kind of relates to the movie in a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like, like, yeah, these women that are secretly... Uh, werewolves werewolf or cat people yeah exactly such yeah. a good such a good reference in there yes uh, the oh, i want to watch the that now Wait, oh here we go next week no <laughs> yeah we're changing our, our episode next week to scooby-doo on zombie island i've never Gosh. seen it boop. <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop, boop. <laughs> and then i love that that we get this final i okay you know like amc on halloween night they have this like halloween um marathon marathon wouldn't it be great if like just some random ass channel just had trick-or-treat playing in a loop where they like edit it together to where you see Sam walking across the street to Emma and then it restarts. Ooh, that'd be cool. Like a little like Christmas story, 24 hour thing, but just never yeah, letting exactly. it stop. Exactly. Christmas story. That's a way better example. Yeah. Yes. It's which just I nonstop. Know, which I have seen this referenced as like the Halloween version of a Christmas story. Okay. Yeah. Like little bit like that. vignette stories, even though they that one sort of follows the same person the same character yeah but it's yeah. sort of like the same idea it's like the christmas story of of halloween which i love yes that would be a really good idea right yeah. like just edit it as one thing just a constant loop it yeah. just never cool stops that would be we, amazing yeah except for we would never see uh we would never see creek get killed by the zombie children because that's like the final shot. That could be how it ends. The marathon. Oh yeah, there we go. Tune in at midnight for the right at midnight. Ending. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Come back at midnight to see how it all ends. It's just that. I'd yeah. Be disappointed. <laughs> People are um, like what? <laughs> <laughs> and I love this final, final thing. Like we've seen these characters crossing paths throughout, but finally we get to see them all on the same street. Yeah. Like we said, we see Krieg opening the door he sees sam walking across to emma and henry's house meanwhile ron is walking down the street almost hit by a car the girls are back in their human L- form laughing yeah. licking their fingers uh, it's so good it might i don't know why i think of like the peanuts or something i don't know why this like this whole little section makes me think of just like the little town of all the all these yeah. different spooky things happening i could lucy's I could see on the corner giving advice yeah yeah <laughs> I don't know why I just I think of like the peanuts or something like you know you're just seeing all them their own little stories like intertwining yeah intertwining yeah I love it I love it and then it all ends with those beautiful children getting their revenge and it's just great and I do love that they end it with that comic book ending yeah where we don't actually see him getting ripped apart but we see this like very expressive animated face of Mr. Craig just yeah getting ripped to shreds and the kids look awesome in the comic book it looks so good yeah and one of the things that happened after this movie came out was that there was a series of graphic novels that followed so um that's kind of cool kind of great tie-in there that's how our movie Mm -hmm. ends all our characters go on with their life and um i wonder if ever one day we'll see that trick-or-treat too i don't know but you know one of the things that you can do to make your house feel more festive during the Halloween season is you can turn on the trick-or-treat ghoul log. Oh, yes! On Shudder, and you can add this ambiance to your party or your home. Yeah, it's so cute. It's literally just like a a pumpkin, and then like there's stuff that goes on in the background. Do you you show up in that, Sam? 
Uh, I think he does. I think he might be in the background walking around killing more yeah. people. Love it. You're such a little yes. rascal. I know, you little devil, you. <laughs> <laughs> I've kept him in my arms this entire uh, recording, just so everybody knows. He's literally been in frame this entire time. Yeah. Uh, oh, look, let's take a picture. Oh my god, he looks so cute. So cute. We'll share oh. that as we get closer <laughs> to yes. releasing this episode. All right, final thoughts. Oh yeah, final thoughts. Um, I love this movie. I think that um, it, it's really great. I love all the stories individually. I think some are stronger than others, which is why I think I'm going to give it a four out of five. Yeah. Um, because I don't think it's excellent and perfect, but um, I, I think some parts could have been elevated so that everything was on the same level. Yeah. Uh, but I guess you kind of need those highs and lows and those valleys sure. and peaks. But um, I, <laughs> the surprise party is my favorite moment yeah. in this. So good. But altogether, the aesthetic is great. The storyline is great. Everything they came up with to include the the intertwining of all the story. It's just, it's really fantastic. And it does really feel like sort of like, like you're saying, like a Christmas story or just like a really popular Christmas movie. But for Halloween, yeah, it does exactly. have that energy. So yeah, definitely. That. And that's why I love it so much too. Yeah, I probably rate it like a four out of five too, but definitely one of my favorite movies to watch during this time. I usually save it to watch on Halloween day. Um, I just love it. It, it just, it, it fills you up with the Halloween spirit. Um, even though it is like it really dark and there's like some really dark shit that happens, it still feels heartwarming. It still feels like uh-huh. a celebration of Halloween as opposed it's a to like feel good horror movie, which I yeah. guess can exist. They can exist, yeah, because because ultimately at the end of the day, it's about celebrating this holiday that we love so much and you know you can't ask for anything better you know and it's so specifically halloween it's like this you know, you can't like mistake it for like oh it's just a movie that has halloween in it no like this movie's about halloween for halloween people oh yeah know, so from the origins to, to the traditions oh, yeah. yeah it's so good yeah and like just laying out the rules like this is how you celebrate correctly this is how you'll get the best experience out of Halloween if you just follow these simple rules and if not then you know your life is on the line <laughs> right oh my god we are so close to Halloween I know I can't wait we're so close oh my gosh and uh, I guess now it'll have already come out but Halloween Kills came out last week so yes. we are just totally into the Halloween spirit so you'll have to come back next week for our big October finale with Halloween Kills. Yes, I cannot wait. Um, even though technically we're a week later, haven't seen it yet, but I know it's going to be yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. However it turns out. Yes. One thing it will be for sure is crazy. I didn't say good or bad. <laughs> I said crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And we will be joined by the Carpenter Queens. Oh, how appropriate. It's so appropriate. We have this double feature going on. We were on their channel for Halloween 2018. And now they'll be on our channel next week for Halloween Kills. Yes. Can't wait to have them on the show. So look forward to that. 
Um, hey, look, we already plugged all of our social media at the beginning of this, so we can skip right over that and get right back into celebrating October and Halloween. So get back to your spooky movies, get back to your spooky TV shows. You know, Chucky's over there waiting for you. Um, <gasps> oh my gosh, you watched the episode. Oh, so good. Loved it. So good. Oh my yes. God, I'm going to have to turn, I'm going to put it on right now. That's what I'm yes. going to do. Please do that. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Keep enjoying October. Sweet screams. Bye, bitch. Oh, my God. I was (laughs) was like, we have to put a bitch in there somewhere. (laughs) I I fucked it up. I fucked it up. Uh, Yeah, sweet screams, bitch. Bye, bitch. Bye. (laughs) Bye.